Blog Talk Radio. Eleventh episode of Cinema and Noir. I am Candace, and I'm joined by my co-host Kimberly Renee. Hey, Kim. Hey. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. So we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to discuss today. Um, again, thank you guys for tuning in. We have a couple of reviews to start the top of the show. Um, Kim Sugar Atlanta. Um, which is the new FX show that stars, and I think was created also by Donald Glover, When the Bow Breaks, starring Morris Chestnut and Regina Hall and Kicks. This is a new um, independent drama that has, I think it's now a nationwide release, um, beginning this past Friday. We are also going to look at some of the new TV shows coming or debuting this month um, and in the fall season. And we're going to conclude, if we have enough time, we're going to conclude with um, a look at some of the most promising stars of Black Hollywood under age 25. So without further ado, um, we're going to start off with Queen Sugar, which is breaking all kinds of records and um, was hugely popular on social media, particularly Twitter, and I know Ava DuVernay as well as um, Oprah Winfrey and Regina Wesley and even even people who are not even affiliated with the show, Tracy Ellis Ross and all a bunch of people were just like talking about it. It was kind of inescapable. I actually have not had a chance to see it, but Kim, I think you said you saw some of it. I did. I saw it. Um, well, actually, I saw the first episode at the Rosalind Festival a couple of weeks in um, Atlanta, oh. and one of the directors for the show, Nima Barnett, was there, and one of the cast members, Omar Dorsey, was there. Um, so that was really cool to see it with a you know a live audience, uh, which really got me excited to live tweet with everyone because I was like, this is going to be really, really awesome. Um, I love yeah. this. You know, I'm a huge uh, Ava fan. Films. So I was very interested to see how she would, um, you know, how her stories would kind of translate on the small screen. Um, and I haven't read the book, Bean Sugar, because it is based on a novel by, I think it's Natalie Bazil. Um, mm-hmm. But people have it's very different from the book. So even if you haven't read the book or if you have read the book, you know, it's different enough that you'll still kind of enjoy the story. And if you haven't read the book, it's okay because it's kind of Ava's take on the story. Um, but it's based on three siblings who um, are kind of living their separate lives and this tragedy kind of brings them back together in the first episode. And then the second episode is them kind of dealing with the aftermath of that. Um, I love Rutina Wesley so much. <laughs> like Tara on True Blood, I feel like she was like the most underutilized character on that show because mm. she is so talented and so amazing. And I feel mm. like we get a chance to see some of that talent and amazement on Queen Sugar. Um, her character is like this, she's a writer, kind of activist, this healer, but she has this um, kind of secret that kind of comes out in the first at the end of the first episode. And it's kind of, um, you know, as a bunch of layers to her character, her dealing with, you know, this one aspect of her life and then her the secret part of her life. Um, the other two characters, uh, Ralph Angel is the brother. He was formerly incarcerated, just got out of jail not too long ago, and is trying to raise his son. Um, he's a single parent. His son's mother is dealing with, I think, some drug abuse issues. And then her sister, Charlie, is this basketball wife who has a seemingly perfect life, and it kind of all falls apart right before she comes home. So it's just mm. the three of them kind of, you know, living their everyday lives, and it's, um, and they're forced to come back. Well, Charlie's forced to come back home 
to deal with this tragedy that they're all dealing with. Um, I, like I said, I love the show. It has the same feel that Ava's um, movies have, that kind of, you know, subtle feel to it. It's very real. You know, these are human characters. They don't feel like character caricatures at all. They just feel like normal people living their everyday lives. Um, it's beautiful to look at. Um, one of mm. my friends called it cinematic television. It's absolutely gorgeous to look at. Um, it's beautiful. Um, also, I love the fact that we got the first two episodes, which I think were directed by Ava, but the rest of the series, all the directors are women of color. Well, not women of color, but they're women. Um, and I don't know if that's ever happened before on television mm-hmm. where all of the directors for the series are women. I don't so think so. Yeah, it's, like, groundbreaking. So I'd love to see how each episode kind of develops and if that's something that she can keep up with. The show's already picked up for season two, even before the first season uh, premiered. So the people at home have great faith in this show, and I'm very excited to see how it develops. Very excited. Yay. Yeah, I know. um, Actually, offline, um, a couple of my friends and I were just talking about whether or not we – are drawn to any of the shows or whether or not we're drawn to one and not drawn to other there. I love the variety of narratives that we're finally beginning to see that we're not, that we're not all like the same type of characters and same type of storylines. Like there's so many different genres and different narratives. That's what I appreciate about it, which brings me to Atlanta, which I only saw a couple of minutes of it and couldn't get into it personally, but um, I know that was really, really, really popular as well. I do plan to actually watch a full episode at one point um, so I can at least say that I watched a full episode before I give, like, an actual opinion on it. I just know that I couldn't get into it, but I do want to be able to watch a full episode before I comment more. Have you had a chance to look at it or watch it, um, Kim? Um, I saw part of the first episode, but I have not seen the whole thing. So, yeah, what I saw was, was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing, so I'll, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Hold on one second. Hello? Okay. Hello, someone else there? Okay, I thought we did. Maybe not. If anyone right. does want to call in, we are taking callers at 323-375-3242. So, Holla at us if you have any comments, questions, or anything. We're happy to hear from you. Um, we're going to move on to, did you see When the Bell Breaks? I know that is, actually, I didn't even check the box office numbers to see where that fell. But did you get a chance to look at it or watch it? No, I haven't seen it yet. It is number two at the box office. Uh, made over, well, made exactly $15 million and it's number two. Um, Sully is actually number one, Don't Breathe, which I saw and loved. That was number three, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Despite all the negative reviews, it's still holding strong at four. Um, and something called The Wildlife, which I am actually not familiar with, um, round out the top five. Um, okay. So just to fly on that. Um, so I can talk about Kicks, which I kind of – um, hinted at earlier in the show. Um, that is, it's an independent drama that I saw back in. Actually, no, I saw this recently, but it debuted at the Tribeca Film Festival, which I attended and was not able, um, didn't get a chance to see this. There were so many, so many great um, films at Tribeca this year. But anyway, so this this is a a coming of age story um, set in Oakland. Um, I believe it's modern day, um, and it's about, I believe he is like a 12- or 13-year-old boy who um, raised in the inner city of Oakland. You know, if anyone um, has been to Oakland, it, it this particular neighborhood, at least in Oakland, was um, apparently like of the lower class or or at least that was what that's what the narrative that the director decided to tell for this particular story and who and he actually I'm trying to look up the name of the director he actually took this from his own personal story um and it's about 
um, again, a young boy, um, age 13, who just kind of living, it's very kind of slice of life, um, just kind of living his life um, with, he has these two friends who are constantly talking about all the girls that they bang, even though they're like 14 years old. Um, and we don't really know, we're, we're, we're supposed to believe that everything that they're saying is true, which may or may not be the case because, you know, they're teenage boys, they're in high school, you know, anything is, anything could be very much well exaggerated. So there's a lot of really um, authentic dialogue and the actors all seem, the actors actually led by Jacqueline Guillory. Christopher Jordan Wallace, who is the son of the late the late um, Smalls, and Christopher Meyer, um, and so they are kind of like this trio. And Jacqueline Guillory, who plays the lead in the in the narrative, um, plays a, a a boy named Brandon. He, you know, he's kind of um, I don't want to say awkward, but he's not the popular kid. I'll say that. He's not the popular kid. You know, he's kind of just like quiet, a little shy or a little reserved or something like that. And his friends are a lot more outgoing. They're just constantly like, you know, kind of teasing him a little bit, but playfully teasing him. Um, You know, it's obvious that they're all friends. Um, And so um, Brandon really has his eye on these Jordans. And he thinks these – because every cool kid – in school has these Jordan sneakers and so he's just like I'm gonna get these Jordans and get these Jordans and he can't afford them but he um he got them kind of hot off the street <laughs> and so however he had to get them whatever and so he gets them and he instantly he's like you know the music changes in the movie he thinks it's like big the the big dude in school he he thinks he is a, he's finally made it and then he gets jumped. <laughs> um, and so he gets jumped for his sneakers in the middle of the playground, or not the playground, the basketball court, where he has to cross and, um, in order to go to and from school every day. And um, it's really about, it's really kind of a redemption story because, one, he, these sneakers were about something way more, way more than just like you know sneakers or like shoes to wear. They represented status. They represented um, you know him kind of like uh, bravado, masculinity. Kind of represented all those things to him. And for him to basically have been it just been confiscated so quickly, um, he decided to retaliate and he got his boys with him. And so the person, the, the perpetrator who actually stole his sneakers what is actually a gang member, and he um, has to, like, travel across, like, the Bay Area to really try to retaliate. And so the guy who stole his sneakers, um, and I feel like I'm talking too much, or I'm telling too much of the story, but I'm going to get to a point in a minute. <laughs> but basically, basically, he... Um, Crosses like the Bay Area, trying to you know kind of reckon with him, and also try to prove prove that his masculinity was not taken from him, and that you know these are his blah blah blah. So it's really about it's really about coming of age in Oakland, in this particular neighborhood, and also about masculinity and just kind of um, it's, it's about class. It's about I wouldn't even say it's about race, but it's definitely about class. It's about um, just masculinity. It's about boyhood and boyhood coming into adulthood or boyhood rather coming into manhood and how that intersects and what that means and how, how these kids are dealing with it in their particular, um, in their own ways. I have to say it's another really interesting aspect that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, at least in, in the reviews I've read Um it has kind of a sci-fi subplot and like super super thin subplot, meaning because it's not really um, it's not really fleshed out. But there is this this layer, this this like subplot that basically his sneakers are. I couldn't really understand it. Like the the sneakers are are, are somebody or some kind of astronaut, some man dressed as an astronaut is kind of boosting him and propelling him to, you know, stand up to these, to these guys to get his sneakers back. And so like the film or the narrative is kind of um, 
broken up by this element that is very like kind of slow-mo and it's just him and this astronaut in the, in the frame. And he's basically, and there's no dialogue between them, but, but I noticed at the, at the end of every single time of, of that interlude of every interlude with those two, he kind of feels mm-hmm. more and more um, able and more and more, um, like his self-esteem is boosted. Like he seems, he, he feels more manly kind of just kind of encouraging him to move forward encouraging him to, you know, really understand the importance of these sneakers, but really the allegory of the sneakers. And so there's that, which is really interesting. I wish that was way more fleshed out um, because it's, it's really, really kind of thin, but I did like what was introduced there because I haven't seen that a lot in black coming of age dramas almost at all, or, or if so, very rarely. But and so I thought that was the most, probably one of the most intriguing parts of it that, that this director, um, his name is Justin Tipping, was kind of introducing that element to a genre that has kind of seen this type of story before. So I like that he was mm-hmm. trying to bring like a fresh element to it, even though I don't think that it was very much fleshed out. But um, overall, I can't say that I completely connected with the story, but I appreciated the story. Um, I love seeing new faces, new face, new brown faces on screen. So I'm always going to be, you know, a proponent of that. I'm always going to be an advocate of that. I've never seen, I've never heard of this director. I've never seen this cast before. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, um, I'm just interested to see what Justin Tipping will do next. I'll say that. I know um, Christopher Wallace is in it. That's Biggie's son. He's in this film, right? Yep. Okay. He, is. Cool. he plays. He plays one of his friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Rebecca on the line too now. Hey. Hi guys. Hi. Sorry. Hey, Rebecca. It was really bad. <laughs> I moved to another room. Um, I'm so excited. I I didn't get to see Kick. I was planning to see it, and then time ran away from me. But I, I have it on my list. I definitely um, want to check it out. But um, I did see Atlanta. I have a few words about Atlanta. And finally, I've been sitting on this so long. I think the embargo for Luke Cage finally lifted. <laughs> this week, so we couldn't say anything, so I'm just going to give a mini-review, but um, just for Atlanta, I, I did see the first two episodes, and um, I I really liked it. Um, I, was, I, I, I liked the trailer, and I feel like the show really caught, I think the trailer really caught the, the tone of the show, um, and I know some people are kind of surprised that the show was so good, but not really. I mean, Donald Glover's been in the business for a really long time. I mean, if I remember correctly, um, after he graduated from NYU, he was hired as a staff writer for 30 Rock. Not bad for your first job. So, mm-hmm. um, And then he was on Community. But um, I really liked Atlanta, and I, I think to what you said, Candace, is the fact that we have um, such a diversity of different narratives within the black community. We're not just one thing. Um, and I think particularly with Atlanta, we don't we don't have too many black shows that center on Atlanta. I think we have more reality shows <laughs> that center in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't know how real that really is, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think for Atlanta, he definitely caught the tone. Um, and I think he, he dealt with a lot of issues without being um, preachy or you know, message laden. Um, in the at the end of the first episode, he he and his friends get arrested, and in the second episode, um, Donald Glover's character is basically like stuck in the system. And what I loved about how they did this episode is that it was really from the point of view of Donald Glover's uh, Donald Glover's point of view to see like all the insanity, like the craziness that goes within the incarceration system. Um, there's one scene where one of the people that were being held was clearly mentally ill, clearly needed help, but he was, you know, roughed up by the cops instead. You know what I mean? And it, it, it happened so quick, but 
by the time it happens, you, you're really, by the time the episode ends, you're really thinking and replaying uh, that scene in your head. So um, I, think, I think the show is off to a really good start. I'm really interested to see um, what Donald does with the rest of the episodes. I think he wrote the first two episodes, um, and I know that in promoting um, the show, he said that he has an all-black writing staff, and he was very persistent. He was very insistent on that because he really wants Atlanta to kind of break out and tell a different type of story. Um, and so I, based on the first two episodes, I can definitely see that, that he's doing that, and I, I think it's great. Um, Queen Sugar, you guys have already reviewed it, but I loved it. The first two episodes, the second episode just had me in my feelings. I was actually crying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's such a beautiful show. And Ava is so good at that because it reminds me of, um, Kim, what was uh, Ava's first movie? I, I will follow, right? Um, yeah, yeah which follow. deals with yeah, which which deals with you know grief, um, you know the losing of a loved one, and I think Ava's so good at framing that and so good at talking about that, and it was just like all the little details in that second episode, um, you know, shopping for their father's funeral casket, which is not something you usually see, you know, usually the person mm-hmm. dies. And the next scene is like the you know the funeral. So um, I I thought she did a great job. I've, I'm really excited to see um, what she's gonna do. But with Luke Cage, I just want to say Luke Cage dropped on Netflix September 30th. Um, some members of the press um, were able to have access to the first seven episodes of the show. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not ready for this show. I mean, I I knew it was going to be good, and I think people had a certain expectation based on Daredevil, based on Jessica Jones, which have you know both been critically acclaimed and and definitely have a, a fan following and a and a critical following. But I really and I'm, this is not hyperbole. That show is the shit. Like I was just sitting there. <laughs> Like, wow, this is, I think what's so great about Luke Cage is that even if you took away the superhero element, even if Luke Cage was just a normal, everyday guy, this show would still be compelling. It is It is that good. And pretty much the same way that Atlanta really catches the authenticity of Atlanta, um, Luke Cage is, is, is based in Harlem. The last time we saw Luke Cage, you know, was in Jessica Jones. And so uh, when we pick up with him in Luke Cage just a few months later, um, he's basically hiding out. He's basically trying to, you know, keep a low profile and stay out of trouble. And he's kind of like this reluctant hero where he doesn't want to bring attention to himself. He really doesn't want to get involved with anything. Um, you know, and in Harlem, you know, there's the good and the bad. There's the, and I think that's what I think Chio Coker, uh, who is the showrunner, of um, and he used to be, I think he was one of the producers of Southland, if I remember correctly. Um, he mm. really captures that. He really captures the the beauty and and the terror of living in Harlem, and and it, and it just meshes so beautifully. Um, the cast is just first rate. Mahershala Ali is just amazing, amazing mm. as uh, Cottonmouth. Alfred Woodard is amazing. Like, the whole cast from top to bottom, um, and especially for the Misty Knight fans, um, Simone Mystic, um, this is her first leading role. She plays um, uh, the Misty Knight character. She is so good. I, I just could not believe that this was, like, her first leading TV role. The camera loves her. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's strong. She's funny. She's, like... She's kind of like everything that we've been waiting for because we've had this conversation about how we have a lack of black women superheroes, both on the, you know, the DC and the Marvel side as far as the big screen. Um, and so Misty is sort of like the breakout character where we have a leading black female character in the MCU. And Simone just carries it with ease. I think for a lot of actresses, they would have been freaked out. Like that's a lot of responsibility. But I think, because she's a newcomer and she didn't really know <laughs> that much about Missy Knight, it kind of works to her advantage. And he just really humanizes the characters. Um, it's just beautifully done. And there was one scene that I, I particularly liked, which I, I can spoil this one. Um, the beginning of the episode two, um, it's in the barbershop. A lot of the things, a lot of uh, the scenes take place in the barbershop. Um, is a scene between Luke Cage and Pops, 
uh, sort of like his older mentor who runs the barbershop, where they're having a conversation about literature and they're debating who's the better, better author. Is it um, Donald Goins or is it Walter Mosley? And I was just sitting here, and I was just like, I don't think I have ever seen a, a show or a movie with two black men talking about literature, talking about art, you know what I mean, or particularly as, as far as writing. And it's so interesting to see how the authors that they like or the authors that they prefer pretty much reflect their values and who they are in their lives, you know what I mean? And they do it in a very respectful way. But I really love the way that the, that scene dismantles and critiques black respectability because I know a lot of people don't really like Donald Goins. You know, he was he had a very colorful life and died in a very violent way. Um, but it was just very interesting to see how both of these authors, how Donald Goins and Walter Mosley, are both important to black culture. So. Um, yeah, when it opens up, when it drops on Netflix September 30th, I would definitely recommend that you watch the show. You don't even have to like superheroes. You don't even have to like comic books. You will love this show. It is it is that good. And um, I have a friend of mine, Joseph Illich, who's a comic book writer, and he said that Luke Cage is going to be known as the time of BCL before Luke Cage. And I, I really do think that, that it, it's true. Marvel has really turned a corner with this show. So, yeah, kudos to them. I'm excited about it. I'm not that, uh, you know, I'm not into the comic books, but I have loved Mike Coulter for a minute since um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ringer with Michelle Geller. That show was canceled mm-hmm. way too soon. And I loved him on uh, The Good Wife. So I am excited to support this beautiful black man and whatever he does. <laughs> I'm holding there. Love <laughs> he him. Love, Love him. him. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, I I have been really, really, really anxious about this. Definitely want to see it. I, I actually was a huge fan of Jessica Jones. Never heard of either of these two characters. Again, I'm not in the comic book world, but I just like a good story. And if you can win me over by a story, and I does, it doesn't matter what the characters are. I can I could have never heard of them ever. But um, as long as you have, as long as the narrative is good and it sounds like it is, um, uh-huh. I'm sold. Without, so we're going to move over to um, a look at the fall lineup, the fall um, new TV shows that are debuting in the fall. And I'm going to throw this over to Kim. Um, what's on your list of most anticipated debut shows um, coming out this fall? Okay, so the first show on my list, um, I was, we were talking earlier about how I used to stand for ABC Family shows. And one of those mm-hmm. shows was Twisted. <laughs> one of the stars of that show was Kylie Bunbury. Um, the show got canceled after one season. But she has a new show on Fox called Pitch, where she is the first mm-hmm. woman to be a picture in the uh, basketball, the National Basketball League. I know I'm doing it wrong. I think it's the MLB or whatever they call it. The National mm-hmm. Basketball League, she's the first female mm-hmm. baseball player. Sorry, not basketball, baseball player. She's a pitcher. Um, I loved her on Twisted. She's a really talented actress, and so I've been kind of waiting to see what else she is going to be on. And so now she has this lead role on this show, Pitch, and I am very excited about it. Um, I saw the trailer on Facebook not too long ago, and the show looks really great. So I am super excited to see how the series kind of plays out and how they're going to deal with all those issues, you know, being a woman in this male league. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about that. Um, There's another show called This Is Us, and I know, Candice, you were team parenthood. It gives me a very heavy parenthood vibe. Um, Basically, about all these people who, I think they share the same birthday and just kind of how they're, stories kind of interconnect in that way. Um, but, yeah, it has a very strong family, very strong parenthood vibe. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I was on the fence about Lethal Weapon. I, I think I've seen the movies. I probably should know whether I have or not. I've seen one of them, <laughs> I think, at least. <laughs> and then I know when they did the Rush Hour remake, I was like, mm, 
I'm not sure why this is happening. And so when I heard about the lethal weapon, I was like, not quite sure why this is happening. But I love <laughs> Damien Land, like, a lot. Like, he might be my favorite of the land. Um, oh. And the, guy, the other guy, I'm not really familiar with him. But I also love Keisha Sharp, who was on Girlfriends back in the day. And so they're on this show mm-hmm. together. So I'm to give it at least two episodes. That's my commitment to Lethal Weapon, uh, to give it at least two episodes to see how it, how it, play, how it plays out. Um, today I saw the preview for The Exorcist, and yeah. I love Gina Davis with my whole heart. And so I honestly could watch it just for her because she's Wait, awesome. Wait, who, who's in it? Gina Davis. Oh, Gina Davis, yes, yes, yes. Yes, love her. So I am going to watch The Exorcist because, mostly because of Gina Davis, but just to see this, you know, new take on it for television and see how that plays out. Um, There is a show called American Housewives that stars Katie Nixon. Um, She was on Mike and Molly. She played the sister Victoria. She's very funny. And so it will be interesting to see her kind of take the lead in the show. Um, and Allie Wong is also on the show, and I love her. <gasps> Allie Wong, yes. love Allie Wong. Yes, so I'm excited for this. Um, the other shows on my list are mid-season replacements, so they're not starting in the fall, but I do want to give them a shout-out. Um, Shots Fired, which is Gina Prince-Blackwood and Sanal Lathan teaming up mm-hmm. for television, so it's pretty much guaranteed to be awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. They also filmed um, the show in Charlotte, so I'm very excited about that. I'll be invited to see this moment. show called Doubt with Katherine Heigl, who's not one of my favorite people, but Laverne Cook is also on the show. And so I am oh, right. interested in, in something other than Orange is the New Black. And mm-hmm. then um, Still Starcross, which is the latest Shonda Rhimes series. It's a take on Romeo, well, the the Capulets and the Montagues after um, Romeo and Juliet commit suicide or kill themselves. So I think it would be just interesting to see her take on that whole thing. Oh, I so haven't that, heard of that. That yeah, that's about to be a mid-season replacement, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see when it's. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to premiere, but I love Shonda Rhimes. She's the best. So I'm excited about those as well. Cool. What's on your list, Rebecca? Um, it's pretty short. <laughs> um, well, the Luke Cage, um, Queen Sugar, Atlanta were on my list, and so far I like them. Um, I am looking forward to Pitch. Um, it's a new series um, coming up on Fox about um, a woman. She's like the first woman baseball player to play for the uh, major league. Um, mm-hmm. And what I've seen from the trailer and some of the behind the scenes look really cool. Um, and also the actress Hallie uh, Bunbury is an, is an actress of color. I think she's black or biracial. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I have a, a, a critic friend of mine on uh, Twitter, Marge Lyons, and I'm going to give it a try, but she wrote this glowing review for this new show called Son of Zorn, and she's like, it's pretty good. And I've actually seen some people um, tweeting about it or people who, who, who screened it already, and they said it's much funnier than it looks. Um, you might have seen the trailers. It's sort of like he's a cartoon character who kind of looks like a broke-down He-Man trying to adjust to real life or something. So, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a spin. <laughs> I'm gonna try, I will try to keep an open mind on that one. Um, I'm I'm really really looking forward to Insecure by Issa Rae. Oh yeah. Um, all the trailers I've seen so far are a yes. But I think the new one dropped on Wednesday Thursday, mm-hmm. um, and there was a scene where she and her boyfriend are fighting, and she was like, "We are not going to be the black couple fighting in the Rite Aid." Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm so proud of Issa. I I I gotta say, like this was a long journey for her. This was not something, the success did not come to her overnight, and I'm just so proud, um, you know, that she really stuck to her guns, because there were a lot of, you know, networks that wanted her to change it from awkward black girl to awkward white girl. You name it, they were trying to just whitewash it, so I'm glad that she found a home at HBO. Um, 
Yeah, that's it so far. I can't think of anything. Well, Masters of Masters of Sex, Masters of Sex is coming back tonight, right? I think tonight or next week. Um, I wasn't really happy with last season. It was a little pretty anticlimactic. Um, I really watched the Josh Charles because I love Josh Charles and everything. Um, and I think, I'm trying to remember when the affair is. The affair coming back this year or next year? Next year. Next. Oh damn. Okay. I know it's been a very long time to be affairless. We have not had that all year. Dang. That's a great show. I really liked it the is. second season. It was really it good. Yeah. It just continues so, to top itself. Mhm. Yeah. That's my list. Yeah. I had. Were you guys? actually mentioned quite a few of mine already. I had pitch on there. I really just love, again, I love the variety of narratives. I love that we're finally starting, we're starting to finally get allegiance to do other narratives that aren't just the same narrative over and over and the same and, and different types of characters on different time periods. So really, really, really um, happy to see that. Um, I also had Insecure for basically the same reasons, um, but also because this would be the only show that we have that is like it ever. (laughs) So I'm really, really, really hoping that it's good and that that it's well-received. Um, I don't get HBO, sadly. And I'm so used to seeing Issa on YouTube. I even have a bookmark, and I'm like, oh, you don't do YouTube anymore? But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to have to be probably super late on Insecure, but it's in, I'll be there in spirit. I'll say that because um, I really, really <laughs> want to see that. I hope, I hope actually, that they, like, premiere something um, or, like, have the premiere episode online like they do sometimes. But, Anyway, that um, there's a show, Notorious. Oh, goodness, who is that? Um, I'm going to look this up as I'm speaking because I believe it's like this clash between the media and, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of this intersection between, oh, the media and the law, and it stars um, Ramon de Ocampo, Ryan Guzman, and Kenneth Mitchell, and there's also a woman... Um, I forget her name, and I've seen her in other things. Her name escapes me, but there's been other commercials about that um, or, yeah, highlighting that, so I'm kind of interested in that. Um, I was on the fence with The Exorcist. The Exorcist is one one of my favorite books of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time, Um, and so I have... I'm just very territorial when it comes to adaptations about it. And I know obviously the writer who actually wrote the book and the screenplay for the movie is, I don't believe has any affiliation to this TV series. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about it. The, um, the commercials are decent. Um, so I'm, I, I will watch definitely the premiere episode to see it. Um, there's also a new show called designated survivor. Um, and that stars, for Sutherland, and he, from what I can understand, he seems to be essentially the designated survivor in a crash, and he has, he is by default elected to be, um, or not a crash, but an explosion, it looks like, but he is elected to be the president um, once the um, real one is killed. Um, so I guess what transpires there is giving me a very a serious 24 vibe, but I'm for it. Um, and I also had This Is Us, and I, I don't know, for some reason lately there's, there's been a resurgence of serious cheerjerker shows. Um, Parenthood clenched me. I came on really, really late with Parenthood, but I was able to watch it in real time in its final season, and I, that was such, I wouldn't even say a guilty pleasure, but I just thoroughly enjoyed crying every week on NBC. <laughs> and, and so... Um, and I think I'm actually I was talking to Kim prior to the show airing that um, I'm so behind in Fosters and I, I was super 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 late on that to that party as well. I just started watch, binge watching it on Netflix if anyone's interested in it. But I know Kim has talked about it several times on the show, so I'm not gonna like reiterate the description of the show. But definitely watch it if you're if you're missing Parenthood. Definitely watch that. And I think. Kind of as I'm binge watching um, 
the Fosters is definitely going to prepare me for This Is Us, which definitely seems like it's for sure replacing parenthood. And everyone has been saying this on and offline. We were just like, okay, well, this is obviously parenthood with other people. Um, even though they're trying to, like, stay away from that comparison. But, like, it's not, it's not to say a bad thing. I mean, parenthood ended really abruptly to me. I mean, they ended with a story. In, like, they ended with introducing a story, which annoys me when people do that. Um, but anyway, um, I'm really excited about that. Um, there are not, there, there are some shows that are not new that I'm also really interested in seeing again. One is Secrets and Lies, Fresh Off the Boat, Crazy Ass Girlfriend, which I'm all caught up on now, Superstore, Blackish, and kind of as a guilty pleasure, and I will say, this this is almost borderline hate watch, but I do want to see the first episode of Scream Queens. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know. You know, like I I make fun of myself. I make fun of myself for watching it. I watched every episode too, and I was like, "This is horrible," but I kept coming back. This is crazy, <laughs> but I kept coming back. Why am I watching this? But I kept coming back. I but know, I like. <laughs> Completely understand. So yeah. Yeah. Super ex, what is this? Uh, crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah. How is this show? Because that's one of those that I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. I'm not gonna watch this. I'm not gonna watch this. But everyone that I know is like, it's not as good as you think it is. You know what's interesting? I thought you would definitely be on board with it. It's a musical. <laughs> it's like it's like literally breaks up dialogue to like do like these fantasy musicals because they're not really happening in real time. They're happening like this other dimension. And so it's very kooky. It's, this is another show that is nothing like it on on air. But um, it's I mean I really appreciate it. I, I did not think I was gonna like it because it, the presentation of it just seems so ridiculous, but it somehow right. still works, and I think partly or largely, it's because of the lead actress, Rachel Bloom, who I think is also the co-creator of the show. She is, she really makes it work some oddball mm-hmm. reason, um, and she's super charismatic, and she just, she it, it just it just works. She is crazy, and she is definitely cookie crazy, but it, it's kind of also one of those things that kind of holds up a mirror to a lot of women who don't think they're crazy, but who act just like this. So there's also that too. Um, so I enjoy the, the, the kookiness. Um, and I also enjoy seeing fresh talent. Like I continue to say this. I mean, my, my, I, I more advocate toward um, people of color who we don't see ever or who are, like, fresh faces. But I'm just happy to see, like, new people um, because Hollywood can be very tunnel vision. You know, they will give Katherine Heigl 95 chances to be on a TV show. And, you know, we've seen, like, a lot of people over and over and over again, failed show, failed show, failed show. But there, there's, like, a, a, um, a batch of new um, talent coming out, or at least fresh talent coming out, that I'm also really excited about. I'm glad that Hollywood is finally opening the door for them. And I know um, Rachel Bloom actually basically had to create her own show in order to get a show. So mm. she is, <laughs> and that's what happens a lot. Like you just have to basically write your own character, you know, sell your own show, not wait for other people, particularly if you're a woman in Hollywood. Yep. Um, so that's what she did. So I, I, I do applaud her for that. Um, so, yeah, um, we can move on. We actually do have time. I wasn't sure whether we would have time to go over yeah. some of the um, people that were looking. Oh, I did have for- one sh- one show I wanted to add. I'm sorry. I totally mm-hmm. forgot. Um, Supergirl, I don't know if for a lot of people, Supergirl started on CBS last year. Um CBS didn't renew it, and so it's going to be picked up by the CW, so it'll be back on the CW. Yeah, so now it's part of the DC family. So they have Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) So it's like DC special over there. But but of notice, I I really just wanted to shout it out because um, this season on Supergirl, um, David Harewood, who started out on um, 
Homeland. He is on uh, Supergirl. He plays Martian Manhunter, John Jones. Love him to death. And it was announced last month that Sharon Leal um, is joining Ooh. Supergirl, and she's playing Miss Martian. So we're really Ooh. getting, like, our first black woman superhero on the TV side. I don't know if the oh, case wow. comes out first. But yeah, so this year we get Misty Knight and we get Miss Martian. And Miss Martian, if you have time, you can totally look it up. She's super cool. She's actually more powerful than Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is, a, you know, green Martian. She's a white Martian, which is like a superior race. And so she can just like F him up. So, um, so I'm so excited. I love Sharon Leal. I, I, and I, I'm excited for it because I thought they were going to cast younger. Like, you know, I was suggesting some actresses, you know, in their 20s or whatever. So I thought it was really cool that they actually cast, you know, a more mature. I don't want to say Sharon Leal is old. She's not. But I thought it was really cool that they went in that direction. She's a wonderful actress. And I'm mm-hmm. such a fan of her. So, yeah, tune in. <laughs> Nice. Thank you. I did not know that it was picked up because I did see mm. and Twitter was like erupted when when it was it was announced that it was canceled. Mm-hmm. So yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're gonna move on to a couple of speaking of fresh faces and just um increased uh, increased visibility. We're going to talk about some of the black actors under age 25 who we are, we, we think are most promising um, and has, have kind of proven themselves and we're interested in seeing what they do next. And I'm going to throw this over to Kim, who's on your list of promising black actors and actresses under 25. All right. Um, well, I think first, the entire younger cast of blackish those kids are pretty <laughs> hungry. Mm-hmm. They are super talented. Um and I love that I get to see them every week on Blackish. Um I love to see them, you know, branch out into movies and other things. Uh Yara Shahidi, um with uh Miles Brown, Marce Martin and I am forgetting Junior's name but him too. Yes. <laughs> They're just all super talented kids. They're really, really funny, really talented. Um, you know, Zendaya is one of those actresses that's kind of, like, at first I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't watch Disney, so I didn't really understand. <laughs> right. Um, but I've seen her on a couple of, not a lot, a couple of things. And, you know, she's kind of grown on me, and especially when I, like, read things about her in, like, interviews and stuff like that. I am very excited about her career. And now that she's going to be in Spider-Man, I think that's huge and awesome and amazing. So I am looking forward to seeing what she does. Um, Trevor Jackson, he is on American Crime. Uh, this last season, he was one of the he was the um, on the basketball team, uh, the black guy who played Regina uh, King's son. Super talented. Um, you know, I, I really love that show, American Crime. That's one of my favorites. Me too. Uh, with the that. Um, so yeah, I really think he's a really talented kid and looking forward to see what he does as well. Um, this week, if you watch Queen Sugar, there's a character Blue. He plays um the brother's little boy. He completely broke my heart, had me mm-hmm. in the middle of the floor in a puddle of emotions. Mm-hmm. This little kid was just so upset and I was so upset watching him be upset. Um, when I saw the premiere in Atlanta, the whole row that I on it was on, everyone was in tears watching this little boy act. When I watched it again at home, everyone on Twitter was talking about how upset, you know, they were just feeling his emotions. So this little kid is really talented. His name is um, Ethan Hutchinson. So, um, yeah, he's on Queen Sugar. So he is definitely on my list. Um, Sydney Park. I used to watch um, this show on Nick. I think it was Nick Jr. or something like not Nick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> mom with Tia Maori. She basically played a stepmom to these three kids, and the oldest daughter was Sydney Park. Uh, love her. She used to be on, I think, That's So Raven back in the day. Not that I watched That's So Raven all the time because I was way too old for that. <laughs> but the couple episodes that I saw, she was on there. Um, also, Thailand. What's his last name? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, the guy from Everyone Hates Chris, his little brother, he looks exactly like him. Oh, yeah. So those brothers, they look so much alike. Um, him as well. 
uh, Sky Jackson, I think she was on one of those Disney shows. She has a big Twitter following. She kind of throws a lot of shade at some people. So she's kind of oh, funny. I need to look her up. I like her already. Yes, love the Twitter shade. Um, and let's see who else is on this. Amanda Steinberg is one of my faves. Yeah. She's you know awesome. So mm-hmm. that is my. Name. That's a great list. I love Amanda. Love, love, yes, love her. Who's on your list, Rebecca? Um, he was on my list, and I thought he was. Well, he he just turned twenty six, so I'm I'm gonna have to squeeze him on this list anyway. <laughs> but uh, Trevante Rose, he is the star of Moonlight, um, the new Barry Jenkins mm-hmm. movie that's mm-hmm. coming out, which is getting rave reviews at TIFF yeah. and has been following Toronto Fest. It looks mm-hmm. like all the black movies are just knocking it out the park, but people are just like over the moon for Moonlight, <laughs> part mm-hmm. of the pun. And mm-hmm. he's so gorgeous. He's so good looking. And I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that his performance is just amazing. And so I'm really rooting for him. Um, there's another actress. I, I just want to see big things happen for her. Um, she was in the Roots remake. She played mm-hmm. the younger Kitsy. So before. Um, Anika Noni Rose played the older Kizzy. She played the teenage Kizzy. Um, and her name is Amiri Crutchfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was only on screen. She was only there for, like, 30 minutes. But she just broke. Like, she was just beautiful and just so, you know, I just loved her performance. She just has an energy mm-hmm. about her. Um, and so I'm, I'm really hoping that people will pay attention to her. I think she's only, like, 17. She's not even 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, really, really talented. And um, just, I think Kim mentioned the uh, the kids from Blackish. All of them mm-hmm. are super talented. And I'm I'm such a fan of Marcy Martin. I'm so happy that they cast her for the American Doll movie. Um, mm-hmm. that American Girl movie, that's just amazing. And it totally makes sense because <laughs> mm-hmm. I love her. And, um, yeah, I, those are those are the two that I'm really liking. Oh, Michael Rainey Jr. Michael Rainey Jr. is currently on Power. He plays uh he plays mm-hmm. Omari Hardware. He plays the ghost. Uh, yeah, and um we saw him in uh that indie movie that came out a few years ago called Love. And Oh, was, that kid, yeah. Yeah, I was just blown away. I was like, Wait, how old is he? And he just carried <laughs> that movie from beginning to end and of course Quavajane Wallace. Always yeah. and forever. That is my girl, mm-hmm. and I I was so happy to see her in the Lemonade film uh, with Beyonce. Definitely Zendaya. I'm I'm excited for Zendaya. Amanda Stenberg, love her always. Um, I believe she has a new movie coming out with Ama Asante. Um, it's it's supposed to be a movie that takes place in World War II, and she plays a biracial, half black, half German uh, girl who falls in love with a Nazi soldier or SS soldier. So. We'll see how Alma handles that one. <laughs> um, I love but yeah, the, yeah, but that that's my list. I, it, I'm, I'm, wait, John Boyega is John Boyega 25 or under? I totally forgot. I'm really sure he is. Yeah, he's like. I'm looking at my phone. Like, yeah, he is uh, 24 years old. Just making the cut. Yes, he made the list. Yes, I'm so <laughs> excited for John Boyega. I just, I just love him, and I'm so excited to see that he is not just coasting on his success of Star Wars. Um, you know, he created a production team with his manager, and they are producing, they're co-producing the Pacific Rim um, sequel. He's going to be playing Idris Elba's son's character, mm-hmm. which I think is super dope. And, I, and I, I was looking at the tweets, and it looks like Idris will probably make a cameo in Pacific sure. Rim. So. The, the the goal to be like to see Idris and John Boyega in the same screen like that my head will like freaking explode I don't think I'll be able to take it <laughs> but yeah he's doing big things like he is not waiting he is just like I'm just gonna take this and I'm just gonna run with it so kudos mm-hmm. to him yeah yeah and another thing because he actually has made my list as well um, he has ushered in just. I don't want to say acceptance, but I do think that he's just bringing more attention to the fact that black people are going to be in the future because Hollywood seemed to think that they weren't going to be. <laughs> and so he's just bringing more, um, he's just highlighting that, that we're going to be in the future. 
um, that we can be in sci-fi, we can be in genre, and it's not weird. Like, it's completely normal to have diverse representation um, and ethnic diversity in your sci-fi and genre films. And he, um, I think he kind of started that even right out the gate with Attack the Block, which remains so ridiculously underrated, so, so good. Yeah. Um, and then he went right from there to Star Wars, which is like went from zero to 100 in like <laughs> seemingly, seemingly not, not very long, but actually there's a lot of years between those two films. Um, but you know, mainstream America just realized that he existed when Star Wars came about. So there is that, um, so he also is on my list. Um, I basically had started writing each of their names out, but I'm just going to say the entire cast of the get down <laughs> because all of them are, I, you know, I had very mixed reactions to the get down because it takes so long to get somewhere. Um, and also I am not a fan of Baz Luhrmann and it was so Baz Luhrmann like all the way through. Um, but beyond that um I really the cast is really good the cast you can tell like they had great chemistry they cared about their characters that they it was just seemed they just seemed very authentic even despite the fact that they obviously were not was not alive in the era that in which they're playing but there's such an authenticity and such a love and joy for what their um, for each of their characters and what they brought to each of them. And I would say, this is not all of them, but Jaden Smith, Shamik Moore, and Justice Smith, amazing. Each of them. And I have been. I, I do not want to get on my my soapbox because we only have four more minutes. But I'll just say. I have been really annoyed by the reception that Jaden Smith has been getting over the last, like, five years or so. Thank you. Thank you. It's been extremely annoying. And I'll just say, Mm -hmm. again, I know we're short for time, but I'll just say, one, he just just really um, proves why he deserves to be here. And mm-hmm. nepotism or not, because I'm pretty sure he did get in because of nepotism. He's a young black boy. I'm sure that he's not going. He he wouldn't have been as far as he is probably without mm-hmm. the help of his famous parents. But also, neither mm-hmm. would like fifty percent of Hollywood either. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you know, it's just weird how how quickly we forget all the white people who have come up on nepotism. Um, you know, I'm not even going to go through that long list, and some of whom are just absolutely ridiculous. They clearly don't even have the talent beyond the nepotism. So the fact that he actually, <laughs> like, like I, I'm going to be really real, they don't. They don't. They, they were here because they're their mom and their dad. And so, you know, just, you know, when we're talking about nepotism, just not, let's not forget about that whole section of Hollywood who we just have to accept. And Jaden Smith, I'm not saying that, you know, he's definitely not mainstream, which I think it has made a lot of people uncomfortable, definitely mainstream Hollywood, but also, you know, other, other people of color might also think that he's a little strange, whatever, or I've heard even worse adjectives mm-hmm. described for him. But mm-hmm. Beyond that, he actually has a talent he has, and he has, I think, particularly in the age that he's in, and I don't actually recall what age he is, but I think he's like 18 right now. This is mm-hmm. such a perfect role for him, such a perfect role mm-hmm. for him. And I think he brings it, and that's all I'm going to say. I know that was way longer than I wanted to be because I, I'm just so <laughs> sick and tired of people talking about not just him and his sister, and I'm just like, yes, yes. please. They yes. are not falling over drunk. They are not, like, showing their underwear. They're not, like, there's so many other things that they can be doing that white people be doing constantly, showing yeah, their man. ass, and they don't. They're just normal <laughs> people. They're just normal people with Twitter accounts. Like, it's just, it's just, uh, anyway, that's end of, uh, end of rant, end of rant. <laughs> no, okay, so. I, I'm so oh. glad you brought that up, Candace. I swear, because. I was watching, I think I saw, they're, they're both on the cover, Jaden and Willow on the cover of Interview Magazine. Yeah, and, great interview. Um, they're inter- yeah, and they're interviewed by um, Pharrell Williams, which is perfect. And I, mm-hmm. I so agree with you 100% because 
I was looking at the cover of that magazine, and I love the features of their face. I'm like, why, are, why, why hasn't someone signed them up for a movie? Like, I could totally see mm-hmm. them in a, like, a futuristic sci-fi, like, big oh, place yeah. or whatever. And I agree with you. I mean, listen, Scott Eastwood, uh, son and spawn of, of Clint Eastwood, just mm-hmm. magically inherited the Fast and Furious franchise. We all yep. know he's the de facto <laughs> replacement for um, mm-hmm. Paul Walker, right? It right, was announced. Right. Nobody said anything. They were like, "Oh, of course, oh, of course." This guy who has not one hit, not one major success under his belt, and no. he's been he's in Suicide Squad. He's like signed up for like four or five movies. Franchises like major roles. I'm just like, dude, you can't act though. But whatever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All over, everywhere. Like literally, it seems like over the last year. You know, we can, it's like him, it's Kate Hudson, it's like we can go on and on and on and on and on. While there are some who are extremely talented, Michael Douglas, but there are many who are just not. Like, like, and, and some who are just like, like, what, like, what are we doing? They just get time, chance and chance. I mean, chance after chance. And like, you know, Jaden Smith is just out here being normal, and he's not getting arrested. He's not like he, he hasn't done anything wild and crazy like like most of his white counterparts have, and yeah. he still gets he's still the weirdest out of people like Lindsay Lohan. He's he's the weirdest, really. Okay. He can't be. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. I like him. I. I think a couple of years ago he went to the prom. Uh, Jaden took uh, a man with Stenberg to the prom. I love that. I actually have that saved on my on my desktop. And he wore. I remember a that. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. And she had like the silver braid. Beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I just I just love the fact that they are just redefining like this this younger generation. Like they're very woke. Like they're very mm-hmm. conscientious. And yeah. I think we should be encouraging that. We shouldn't be making fun right. of that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I don't understand it at all. I'm just like, wait, what is the crime? What what is what does he do? I don't understand. He stepped out the box. <laughs> right, right. Okay. God forbid innovation. God forbid he got his opinion. Oh Lord. Um who else do I I have actually I do have the cast of um Blackish. Um, the younger cast of Blackish. I did have Yada Yada Shahidi. Um I also had Kiersey Clemens. I also had John Moriega. The um Zoe Kravitz, who I'm, like, very lukewarm on, I really, really, really think that she should have been the lead in Divergent. Maybe I would have liked that better. I don't know. I think the writing was so horrible. But I I still think that had she had the chance to be the lead of the Divergent series, maybe she would have gotten better roles from there. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm still the, the the verdict is still out, but I'm really just sour about the whole diversion thing, and whatever. Brittany Alford, um, O'Shea O'Shea Jackson, um, going into um, uh, the oh, hey, he's cute. yes, yeah, he he looks just like his dad, just like yeah. his dad. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, who else do I have here? Tyler James Williams. Um, that's it. Yeah, so I a lot of them were just like the entire cast of, but um, yeah, so that is my list. Um, anybody else that we should be talking about? I'm trying to think, of, I'm going into our feed. Um, somebody agreed about shots fired, by the way, for um, most anticipated fall TV shows. Um, someone else mentioned China McLean. Do you guys know who China McLean is? Oh yes, she was one of the little girls from. Uh, Daddy's little girl. That was a long time ago. I'm sure she's done something since then, <laughs> but that's why I know Oh, okay. So someone else co signed that. Trevor Jackson, Masai Martin, um, Luke Cage for Fall TV, um, Insecure, definitely again. Divorce. Do you guys know that show, Divorce? I don't know that one. Oh, that's the new no. Sarah Jessica, uh, the new Sarah Justin. Oh, series. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, I love her, so I'm going to watch the first episode of you. So, even though I don't have HBO, so I'll be late on that. Um, Star is another one um, that our um, followers have suggested. Star, do you guys know that one? 
Oh, is that's that um, Lee Daniels. That's the new Lee Daniels. Yeah, it's the oh, new yeah. Lee Daniels. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There's that um, pitch again, insecure again. Um, I think that's it. And then also, uh, by the way, uh, I was wrong. The affair does not kick back or start back up next year. It starts on November 20th, which is even better news. So we don't have to wait until 2017. It starts in very, very, very late fall. Or is that is that winter? But November 20th, right around Thanksgiving. Um, so excited about that. Um, and that's it. So thanks everyone for um, tuning in. Thanks to my co-host for being awesome. And we'll see you, or actually talk to you in two weeks when we do a pot, uh, rather when we do um, a Twitter chat. So see you then. Bye. Bye. Have a good week.